Hello and welcome everybody to season six, Itchy and Scratchy Land. What a great episode. Uh, throwing it over to Nick, right? Yeah, Shane's Shane's right. It's definitely a fantastic episode. But I don't have to do the cold open this week. I'm golden. I'm throwing it over to our buddy Craig Baird. Craig, take it away. Attention Marge Simpson. Your son has been arrested. Attention Marge Simpson. We have also arrested your older, balder, fatter son. We have a perfectly good bookcase. Yeah, but this is what they're doing on campus. Besides, it isn't costing us. I swiped the cinder blocks from a construction site. Sir, six cinder blocks are missing. There'll be no hospital then. I'll tell the children. Nicely done, Craig. Nicely done. I also like how you hit the emphasis when you were doing the the, the uh, PA announcer got on the older, balder, fatter son, just like they do uh, in this episode. Well done. Well done. Uh, yeah, like I said off the top, Craig Bear joining us. Uh, from one of my now favorite sites, I, I recently discovered you about a couple of months ago when uh, you were doing posts about the overall history of women's hockey, which I thought was awesome because the thoroughness of it was fantastic in the in the lead up to the the debut of the PWHL. So for those who don't know about all your wonderful, because I'm a big history guy myself, uh, so I'm I'm in love with you, the content that you create. So for those who don't know about your content. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I host a podcast called Canadian History X. I've been hosting it since about 2019. Uh, got about 300 and, or no, 550 episodes or so. And I post about Canadian history every day, things that happen on this day. Like you mentioned, you know, women's history, uh, or not women's history, but women's hockey history for January and February, or uh, Black History for Black History Month. I post on a wide variety of things. I posted about Hinterlands Who's Who yesterday. And so I'm just always sharing Canadian history and getting people interested in Canadian history on my socials and through my podcast, Canadian History X. Yeah, I, I love the, the, I said the thoroughness because, man, you cover everything. Like you said, the hinterland. As, and any Canadian who, who hears the hinterland, the theme music automatically starts playing uh, in your head. And like you, you delve into everything. And uh, I, I had mentioned briefly to you in a private conversation how much I enjoyed an episode that you fairly recently at the time of this recording put out in January of 24 about the history of this hour has 22 minutes, a fantastic show about, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a mock news show for those who are American listeners and our friends down South in Australia. Um, but you lit like you literally dive into everything and it's not just the things that you, you know, you routinely hear about in Canadian history textbooks. Like it's not, okay. Uh, you know, here's the Confederation. Here is the Red River Rebellion. Uh, Canada's involvement in World War One and World War Two. You literally do everything. Like I, I've listened to so many episodes, um, and you touch on everything. So, what is it about? Uh, before we get into Simpsons talk, what is it about history and Canadian history that drives you to want to get more people into this content? Well, I think it's that a lot of people think that Canadian history is boring and especially compared to American history. When I was in school, we learned a lot of American history. We learned a bit about Canadian history. And so, like you said, there's a lot of this feeling that it's boring. There's confederation and, you know, lots of mm -hmm. documents being signed, but there's so much more to it and a lot of stories that aren't told very often. And so that's what I like to do because I find Canadian history interesting. And so I'm literally just sharing things that I find interesting for everybody else and hoping that they find it interesting as well when doing research for a topic what has been something that even when you were doing the research about it, if you even knew a little bit about it beforehand that kind of blew your mind and be like whoa you know what i didn't even know that about this story like i'm, I'm really now excited to bring this to my readers and my listeners what was one of the examples of that well, there's, there's lots of examples. I mean, with 550 episodes, there's a lot of stuff that I try and share that surprises a lot of people. One thing that I do find surprises a lot of people is when I say that, you know, this actor or something is Canadian and people just never assume that this actor was Canadian. Or a good example is with The Simpsons that uh, Matt Groening's father is from Canada mm -hmm. uh, or he's from Canada. He was born in Saskatchewan, but a lot of people don't know about that. So that's really what I try and do. And as for like things that I learn, I'm learning something new every time I'm, I'm writing an episode and putting it out there. I have a basic knowledge of some things and a better knowledge of some of the other things in Canadian history, but I'm always learning something when I, when I write up an episode and research it. It is always, it's, it is really funny when you, 
hear of someone who you do not associate any Canadian connection with at all. And it turns out they're Canadian. I remember I was a big wrestling fan growing up and I remember seeing, you know, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, everyone knows Roddy Piper <laughs> and him like, you know, in his kilt and he, he plays at the whole Scottish uh, thing and being billed from being from the States, but he's not, he's Canadian. Uh, there was a guy, Val Venus. He was like, his gimmick was like, he was a porn star from Las Vegas. No, he was Canadian. Uh, a guy in like a full Italian stereotype and the, the fake Italian accent. No, he was Canadian. So it was always funny when those types of things happened. But um, I very quickly, give us uh, the handles. If people want to give you a quick follow on the site formerly known as Twitter, uh, as well as Facebook, where can they uh, where can they find you? I'll put the links in the description, but uh, give, it, give it a quick shout out now too. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And then you can find me on pretty much every other social media site as CDN History E-H-X. And then the podcast is Canadian History X, and that's E-H-X. Perfect. There it is. Yeah, give, give Craig a call. Nice. It is. <laughs> it is. And, uh, you won't uh, be disappointed. Yeah, I, I have a quick question. So what was the initial inspiration for the podcast? Did you always have a interest in history or did that come later in life or was it always from an early age? I always really liked history, but it was probably when I started seeing the Heritage Minutes in the 90s that I started getting interested in Canadian history. And then I started reading, you know, Pierre Burton. And then especially when I saw Canada People's History about 20 years ago, which really portrayed our history in a fascinating way. That's when I really started to get interested in Canadian history. But my background is actually, I used to be a computer programmer and then I was a journalist for about 12, 13 years. And then when I stopped doing that, I started moving into podcasting. And now that's essentially what I do full time every day. What was Very your, cool. what was your all time? If you have to pick one favorite in any Canadian, it will have a, a varying, uh, it'll be a wide base here of opinions, favorite heritage minute. Oh, favorite Heritage Minute. There are so many. I do like the uh, Rocket Richard one is a very good one. The Halifax Explosion, even some more recent ones like the uh, Maple Leaf Gardens was a really good one that I enjoyed. But probably I'd say my favorite one is the Sitting Bull Heritage Minute from the 90s. I think the one that stuck with me, the most, it kind of scared me actually as a kid was the Jacques Plant one uh oh, yeah. the, when he's like they because they show him getting kind of stitched up after he he breaks his nose and and he's all cut up and stuff like that just before he comes back out with the mask i remember that kind of freaked me out but i always thought it was cool any of the hockey ones like the rocket richard one like you mentioned mm -hmm. they were always fantastic but let's get into some simpsons because um found out that uh you're you've basically been a big simpsons fan since pretty much from the beginning, like you used to tape them so that you could rewatch them long before days of DVD, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I start technically I'm the same age as Bart when Bart debuted in 1989, like on the actual show, mm -hmm. he's 10 and I was nine. So we're right around the same age and obviously he's never aged and I have, <laughs> but I, I started watching the Simpsons more or less from the very beginning and throughout the nineties, I was watching it and I'd record it. And then CBC would air the Simpsons at, I believe five o'clock. Yep. And so I started recording those. And then when I went to college, I took all those tapes with me and that was what I was watching. And I watched the Simpsons over and over and over constantly. <laughs> Shane, how many people are we at now where we've we've had on and say, oh, CBC, five o'clock, Simpsons, True. It's one of those things that kept them hooked. We got to be at least in double digits now, because uh, yeah, very this common. Thing. Yeah, if you're if you were a Canadian uh, kid or teen, uh, five o'clock, Simpsons, you knew it was going to be the time on. slot. That, that they did the well by that time slot. Yeah. They sure they did. did. Um, because you grew up roughly the same age as Bart when the show came on. Is that what kind of Hooked you? What what got you onto The Simpsons? Was it the kind of Bart connection? I think it was just that there was this new cartoon. I remember probably eighty, no, I guess ninety, and I was at my grandparents' place, and the episode that was playing was when they were lost in the forest, mm -hmm. so like first season, and I just kind of started watching it at that point. My parents didn't like it, but I was they didn't mind me watching it. And just as time went on, it just became more like ingrained in my personality and what I liked and I just never missed it. And then there was that wonderful period where I guess it would be global now on Sunday nights, you know, they would have the Simpsons and then King of the Hill and the X-Files. Like it was just this 
wonderful block of TV on Sunday nights and I would just watch all of that. But it was just, I don't know, Simpsons for some reason just kind of clicked with me. I would buy books about the Simpsons and just want to know everything about it. And then, yeah, just starting to watch episodes over and over and over and over. And I have so many memories tied with, you know, seeing a certain episode at a certain time for the first time. And I think you, I got lost in my own nostalgia there for a moment because you brought us back to a time, and, and again, Canadians, where we had we were so spoiled. We had the Canadian or the Canadians. We had the Simpsons and King of the Hill back to back, fresh episodes on a Sunday night. Oh, that I, that just takes me back to uh, being with my mom or dad, and you know, ha- you're having a snack. Uh, it's a good way to end the weekend. Perfect way to end the weekend with a back to back Simpsons and new uh, King of the Hill. Um, he, he did mention the, uh, Craig, you did mention the, when they get lost in the woods. Do you recall mm-hmm. the rabbit scene? Yes. Where he puts down the trap <laughs> since the rabbit flying through that, the that's air. That's next line was favorite. One of our favorite. <laughs> I love games. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was our unanimous pick for, for, uh, season one for best gang. Cause <laughs> that like, was just fantastic. Hearing that fling and then the, you hear the putt right at the end. Oh gosh. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. The, the beautiful rabbit thud sound. Um, but uh, actually, I wanted to ask them before we get to give our rankings for this episode, because uh, when I was a kid, I hate I actually still do. I hate roller coasters. So anytime there's like a theme park or some sort of theme park setting, I don't really have any attachments to it. I've been to Universal. That was fun doing the Simpsons land and Harry Potter. But uh, and, you know, this this episode in general pokes fun at theme parks in general. But do you guys have any like warm theme park moments? Does this episode tie into anything like that? Craig's doing anything for you? Nothing too much. I mean, I went to Disneyland when I was nine. And then when I lived in Calgary, there's Callaway Park, which I went to a few times. But and then obviously, I grew up outside Edmonton. So we had Galaxy Land and the Mindbender roller coaster in the mall. But yeah, and other than that, no, it didn't really tie in too much with, uh, you know, those kind of memories. Interesting. I've never actually been to West Edmonton Mall. Is it worth it if I go there someday? If I'm if I'm out in Alberta, is it worth it? It's do? fine. It's it's a mall which is really large. I mean, it has the water park, which is if you like, you know, being in water with a whole bunch of other people, it's great. <laughs> uh, the Mindbender doesn't run anymore, but it was a great roller coaster they had at the mall. But it's shut down last year. So yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's it's something where you, if you're in Edmonton, visit West Edmonton Mall just to say that you visited West Edmonton Mall. I didn't know the roller coaster stop. That's kind of a, it's kind of a downer. It's kind of like the, it's a big pull of it, but um, Shane, anything uh, theme park related for you that kind of brings you back and ties you in with this episode? Uh, I did go to Wonderland quite a few times growing up and it, I have fond memories of it as, as well. Uh, It's been a long time since I've been to like our theme park or roller coaster. Plus where I grew up, Alston, Ontario, we would have the potato festival and there the carnies would come, you know, we'd have those, uh, really, uh, questionable, uh, Q and a, uh, or rather like uh, quality control, uh, rides, <laughs> uh, yeah. the same rides that you would see anywhere. Uh, like, I don't know if anyone's ever been on something called the Himalaya. Um, it's basically something that goes around and around really fast, but, uh, yeah, Wonderland's great. Haven't been on a roller coaster in many years, but, uh, I don't know. I guess uh, it was good when I was a kid. I haven't been as an adult, really. So no, I, I always love how though you find a way each season to work. The Alliston potato is that still going? The Alliston Potato Festival. Oh, absolutely! If uh, we keep growing potatoes, uh, we will keep doing that festival. Yeah, yeah. Once a season, there's Shane's uh, somehow wedging in his Alliston Potato Festival. That happens. Check it out if you're in the area. <laughs> I haven't been in like 10 years, but you go for <laughs> it. Um, this episode, though, man, this is oh, it's so good. I, automatically, I picture uh, a, a number of different gags, be it sight gags, uh, just fantastic lines. Craig, you kicked off this episode that we're doing right now with a fantastic line from this one. Um, so I have to give it based on my nostalgia and the warm feelings that it conjures up, despite the fact that I hate roller coasters and don't really like theme parks. The episode itself is so good. I have to give it a 10. This is our first, for me, our first 10 of the season based on our nostalgia rankings. Um, So much to love. I won't spoil it too much, but I I have to. I have to give it a 10. Shane, what about yourself? Also, we've already talked about this in previous episodes building up to this, but I'm also going in with a 10 for similar reasons. Plus, I just love how they give it to Disney. Like, because this is just basically, you know, a spoof of Disney World. It is. Sort of. And they yeah. do it so well. 
Uh, plus, like, who doesn't like Impy and Chimpy? We get a whole episode themed around them, and those episodes are always lovely. So I'm going in with a 10. Lots of great gags. Very quotable. Yeah. Yeah, Vengeance and uh, Revenge bring out some... Sometimes the best in people, because this episode is, it's not so much a dig at Disney as it is, well, it sort of is, but it's a dig at uh, Fox, because Fox want, kept trying to curb the writers, be like, guys, get Itchy and Scratchy out of here, we don't want it, and they were saying, uh, no, so this episode was basically a saying, you know what, we're really going to stick it to them, and we're going to make a whole episode about Itchy and Scratchy, do a whole Itchy and Scratchy land, and this was kind of their form of protest, and 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 they they leaned right into it and produced something fantastic. Craig, are you going to make it three straight tens here? What do you think? I would say that, uh, yeah, it in a season chocked full of 10 episodes, this is probably a 10 as well. It, this is probably the best season, in my opinion, of, of The Simpsons. And it is one of the, the 10 episodes for sure that I would give I, a 10 to. I, you know what? It's interesting because I always, um, or if you're doing any sort of research about The Simpsons or you know the show, at all everyone always goes oh season four season five season four season five and you know we've as we've seen here shane those those seasons are great there's a lot of good stuff yeah. in there yeah for sure but like craig said this might be uh a season that gets a little bit overlooked and there might be like this i, I have a pretty good feeling we're all going to be unanimous with the 10 as by the time we're done watching this but there might be two or three maybe even four more tens later on down the road here in season six. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out and see if, uh, if Craig's um, uh, thought about season six being the best is true. It might be, it might ring true. Um, we'll come back with uh, itchy and scratchy land uh, before we delve into the episode, a word from our tasty delicious. And I mean delicious because I had one of them today. It was coconut cream and it was delicious. Our tasty, tasty sponsor. We'll be right back. Donuts, Simpsons, Simpsons Donuts, it just goes hand in hand. Yeah, you know what, Shane? It really does. And for the best donuts in the world, you got to check out Crave Donuts. They've got locations in Oshawa and Whitby, Ontario. And these Simpsons-loving donut bakers, they're creating some of the most delicious treats imaginable. They've got a year-round menu with the likes of a cosmic brownie donut, a churro cruller. They've even got the Simpsons-inspired pink vanilla sprinkle. Yeah, and there's a rotating menu inspired by each season. In the fall, they've got apple pie, pumpkin spice cheesecake. Doesn't that sound delicious? That sounds absolutely amazing. To top it all off, there's weekly specials. They've got some surprises each and every week, so keep an eye on that. Open Wednesday through Sunday. Check out their website, CraveDonuts.com, as well as their Instagram for all the details. Trust us. If you're in the GTA, go hit up Crave, because you're going to end up with a belly full of goodness. It's probably going to cause you to make some sounds sound a little like this. Donuts. All right, here we go. Season six, episode four, Impy and Chimpy Land. And if you don't know why we call it Impy and Chimpy, then you're really not a fan of the show, because, come on, you got to know when Flanders calls it Impy and Chimpy. Yeah, it's one of the, the, it's one of the best things to come out of The Simpsons, is Itchy and Impy and Chimpy. So... Typically, I sewer Shane with a history question saying what happened on this day when the Simpsons episode came out. This one came out back on October 2nd, uh, 1994. But you know what? I'll, 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 I'll spare Shane. For oh, this thank you so Craig. much. So, yeah. Craig, October 2nd, 1994, what band with a singer who I don't particularly like? Because I don't, I don't really like her voice. But uh, what band released their major album, No Need to Argue, the very next day? You got me. It's, uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, the hint is The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead feature a bunch of zombies. The zombies? No. <laughs> like the Irish yeah. band? Yeah, the, it's actually an Irish band, but it was uh, the Cranberries. The zombies. Cranberries, yeah, the yeah. song Zombie. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. Kids, now I'd like to speak to you seriously for a moment. Yep. This week is the grand opening of Itchy and Scratchy Land. The violentest place on I always found this to be a very intense, like, torture, cutting parts of his body off and then poking him with the, the pin. Yeah. It very gruesome. There's <laughs> like, always... Especially for them. They didn't hold punches in this one wall. No, yeah. they really didn't. They re they lean into the violence here big time. And I do love that uh, he calls it a rat rather than a mouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I want to flip it through the Bible. Everything's too damn expensive these days. <laughs> Look 
this Bible I just got. Fifteen bucks. And talk about a preachy book. <laughs> Everybody's a sinner. Except for this guy. But now Itchy and Scratchy Land is cutting tickets so good. in half. Oh. Can we go? Well, it's written by Swartzwelder. You know you're going to get some fantastic Homer moments. <laughs> no. Ask your mother. Yay! That's going to be me when my daughter asks for anything. You know what? Even though this episode is like the itchy and scratchy episode, I don't know if it features my all-time favorite itchy and scratchy moment. Because I think I have one that beats it from a separate episode. You know what it is, Shane? Um, it's not the moon episode, right? Oh, sorry. Uh, it's not when. Uh, it's not the copyright episode. Is it? it is from the copyright episode. Yeah, that's a good one too. It's uh, which one's itchy? The car? Like, <laughs> it still gets me to this day every time I hear. Yeah, that's a good line. Fashionable shops, over one hundred bars and saloons, and a world-class chemical dependency center. TV town, Hammockland. So th this part is like the dig at Disney. How Disney has like everything to like overextend, right? Wait a minute, I'm not sure about this. Every time we've ever gone on vacation, I end up being horribly embarrassed. We end up in a big fight and we come home more miserable than when we left. You have to promise me that this isn't going to happen this time. Embarrassed? What are you talking about? Well, there was our trip to the Amish. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, March. They're still not fighting back. <clears throat> I could be a jerk and no one can stop me. I would have loved to be around the table read or whenever they were pitching. Okay, what is Homer going to do to piss off the Amish people? How about he just has an unlimited amount of ice cream cones and just keeps smushing it into them, including a donkey? Yeah, he really gets kicked by a jackass. Yeah, brilliant. There was like 15 ice cream cones, so he had to go At back least. and buy more just to do that. I know. No, and the best part is, of course, no explanation as to why he just has that crazy amount and has access to. I want a lobster hat like that. Invisible dog leash. Well, say vacation. Every morning, give one bowl of kibble to Santa's little helper. Do you want me to write any of this down? No, it's almost like a foreshadowing to Pinchy. It is a little bit, yeah. Wait a minute. What was that last thing you said? Grandpa's little helper. Which one of you is the mailman? Oh man, okay. I totally <laughs> forgot that that was in this episode. That might be my. That's so great. I say the grand puzzle helpers line all the time. Another family. Agreed. Ah, interstate. Fasten your seatbelts, kids. We're on our way to Itchy and Scratchy Land. Interesting. So Itchy and Scratchy Land isn't in the same. I didn't realize that when I first years and years of watching this. I never realized that it's in a separate state. I guess it makes sense that they wouldn't want to be in Springfield. <gasps> True, especially they have to fly from out all the flickies. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Dad, can we stop at flickies? No. It's just such a quick no, and that's it. Uh, no, and then 25,000. <laughs> oh, the fruit and veggies. What did I do? What's the matter with you, Homer? We don't have any fruits or vegetables in the car. <laughs> The whole truck's full of a march. <laughs> why? There's no excuses to put your vegetables. <laughs> I love that it pops open and it just sprays it everywhere. <laughs> and it happened again. Some local color. So Shane, where are we in the episode right now? How far are we in? Uh, we're like six minutes in. Yeah. Six minutes in. And we have had about six to seven different candidates for best liner gag of the episode. The flow is fantastic. Like it's moving very quickly, but it, it still feels right. We've like everything that gets packed into it, even if it's a small joke, like the flicky sign gag, it just works. They could have easily just went straight to Itchy and Scratchy Land, but they didn't. And I'm glad they didn't because there's a lot of good gags before we get there. Oh, fantastic. This one here is a very good one. Similar to, um, it's a great misdirect. It's similar to Vacation. Oh, I guess I'm going to get misdirect. Glad that wasn't us. They're completely unfazed by this. These yeah, these people that just died in front of them. Massive explosion. Ah, I know. I'm going to get lost. <laughs> Trust me, Marge. With today's modern cars, you can't get lost. 
What with all the silicon chips and such? I can't argue that. <laughs> so they've got a homecoming banner, a wagon wheel, a bomb. The hood of the car is gone, or the roof of the car is gone. Yeah, crosswalk sign. Whatever happened to them could have been an episode unto itself. That's yeah, true. That, that, there's so many different things that they could have gone with. Nice to know Jurassic Park Possibly go wrong. <laughs> that's the first thing that's ever gone wrong. I always find it funny that they're like, even this, the, the Jurassic Park reference is funny because despite the fact that there appear to be thousands upon thousands of people in the parking lot, are people being individually flown yeah. across? One one family at a time. <laughs> one family at yeah, a time. Yeah, a boat even would be, make way more sense. Well, it's money that's made just for the park. It works just like regular money, but it's uh, fun. Do it, Dad. Well, okay, if it's fun, let's see. Uh, I'll take $1,100 worth. I love when Homer randomly has large, specific amounts in his wallet that he pulls out. I love that they sell this money that you can't use anywhere in the park. Fantastic. Such a violent motif. Yeah, but it's just pretend violence, which is actually beneficial for children. <laughs> There's no need to murmur, ma'am. Here at Itchy and Scratchy Land, we're just as concerned about violence as you are. That's why we're always careful to show the consequences of deadly mayhem so that we may educate as well as horrify. When do you show the consequences? On TV, that mouse pulled out that cat's lungs and played them like a bagpipe. But in the next scene, the cat was breathing comfortably. Just like in real life. Yep. I, oh, I use that line all the time. <laughs> So it's a great, uh, great lawyer there. Or... I'll have a brain burger with extra pus, please. Bart? Eyeballs do. Paid off politician. We just got here and already mortified beyond belief by your embarrassing behavior. I must say, at places like, like theme parks and stuff like that, you, they have touristy trap types of restaurants kind of like this that suck you in. But going to Universal and actually eating a crusty burger while sitting in Moe's, like, even though... It is on the bucket list. It's it's go. it was pretty cool. It it was it was pretty neat. The burger was horrible. Of the ballroom. Oh, the burger was that bad, huh? Okay. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was yeah, it wasn't good. It was a veggie burger, and it was in Florida. They don't know how to cook veggie burgers in Florida. <laughs> they probably wanted to get me out of the state. Explosion. I always get that ball pit mixed with the one. The other in one. The, in the in the streetcar. Yeah. Surgery land. Oh, it's so good. The, the searing gas pain land, I say that all the time when I have yep, gas. We'll have to wait for the 25 <laughs> parade. When this would re air, I would always think of the movie Small Soldiers. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I get that. It's scary. I've never been a big fan of parades, even as a kid. I think it was because uh, the CNE here ruined it. Because they do that one every day at like 5 o'clock if you go to the CNE. But it's not really a parade. It's just a bunch of people on some like... Dangerous, hardly. Kind of true. math floats and they just huck plastic beads. Did you go to the Santa Claus parade a lot? They only attack each like other, in your local town? Never the guests. Uh, once or twice, maybe? There. I was just there for the candy. Candy? We didn't get any candy. You didn't have clowns having no candy? Uh, every no. year, those clowns just throwing candy at kids. Just hucking them. That's why your robot never worked. There's another fantastic premise. <laughs> it really is. This ride is absolutely insane. Could you imagine something like this actually? Be, I, I always understood how the... Or I didn't understand how the buzzsaw part at the end works. Like, how did they not... It's like something you'd build in Rollercoaster Tycoon. Yeah. And the spikes that, like... What was if you have a tall person at the front? They're, they're gone. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, what if it was the guy who drives the really small automobile? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Spending time together as a family is spending time apart as individuals. Parents Island. Uh huh. I'm sure we'll appreciate each other all the more when we meet up at dinner. Are you kids gonna be all right? Kids? 
it's funny when I see stuff like that nowadays. Like, how did people coordinate and exist without cell phones to say, you know, oh, we're we're here. Oh, yeah. We had to be at the designated meeting spot at a certain time. Hey, the bartender even looks like John Travolta. Yeah, this is so dated. <laughs> the uh, yeah, especially because Pulp Fiction came out like two weeks later. Yeah. Bert. <laughs> Bort. I'm looking at my hung board license plate right now. No, come along, Bort. Are you talking to me? No, my son is also named Bort. Such a famous line. It's crazy how that blew up, eh? Ku Klux Klam. Ku Klux Klam, as I got older, was always my favorite once I understood that joke. It's like, what the hell? Who greenlit that? Yeah. I also actually, I actually, this very day, the day that we're recording this episode, my my wife, and my daughter were listening to some uh, Disney music, and I was like, "What was that weird Disney movie where there was the racist crows?" And I was like, "Oh, I looked it up." I was like, "Wait a minute, that was in Dumbo." And then I looked, mm-hmm. and the main crow is named Jim Crow. I was like, <laughs> "Oh wow!" Wait, <laughs> what? I did not know. I did not know that. Yeah, no. Most people might not. In the two, I. I Blew my mind. It's like somebody actually. I know that movie was made in the 40s, but jeez. It must be wonderful to ring in the new year over and over and over. Please kill me. <laughs> oh man. I feel for those people working in those like malls that have to listen to Christmas music for like eight hours straight. When I was at uh, in the Harry Potter world of Universal, there's a, the part where you go into the wand shop. And the, they pick somebody. The babies look unhappy. Add more balls. <laughs> There's a part where you go into the wand shop and they'll pick somebody and they'll run through the whole scenario about, you know, uh, one finds the wizard and, and whatnot. I'm thinking, I remember being in there and I'm like, this poor guy who has to act as the wand shop owner, he's got to do this like 15 times per day, the same thing over and over again. He must be going nuts. Supermen are our superiors. Among that's a good I love it. Yeah. I like how they make sure to mention that. They don't have to mention it in this little film. They could leave no. it they make sure to mention it. Not at all. Really it's, good yeah. Disney reference here. Like the hat and everything. It's just completely This is better than Fantasia. Like, oh, I would sure, yeah. I would much rather I didn't like Fantasia as a kid. I'd much rather watch a full version of this. Imagine where they could have gone with all the different scenarios of is she attacking in a Fantasia-like world? Good luck to little kids that watch this episode. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the first appearance of uh, Cletus, isn't it? Flash um, Just before, why do I feel like is... we've seen him before? No, I think that is the first appearance. He appears later on when with the uh, okay. Hey Mom, look at that pony haired little girl line. You be a good and don't you lie. I promise I will never hurt you. Oh god. Violence really does desensitize us. Oh man, did they ever lean in? I f- Especially as a kid. Like kids watching this, it really is violent. Like this is a pretty violent mm-hmm. episode. <gasps> was were your parents like when you were when you were watching at this point, like were your parents concerned, Craig, that you were watching this because of no. the violence? They didn't know. This would have been ninety four, so I would have been fourteen, so but they, so that point. They weren't a huge fan of the Simpsons, like, you know, first, second season. They felt it was too adult, but as time went on, they kind of just, they still don't like it, but, you know. <laughs> Are they supposed to be, like, wearing, like, SS gear? Is that the joke? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it is completely true that underneath the Disney World, like, there's a complete city underneath. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Good call back to Bort. Very nice. They wish they wouldn't scream. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> scream. I'm, I'm trying to rack in my head. Because we're not even in the third act yet of 
aware of what I'm going to pick for my favorite gag. Like, there's there's too much to choose from. This is fantastic. Every 30 seconds, there's something great, something memorable. Attention, Marge Simpson. We've also arrested your old <laughs> I love that they just assume that it's his, her son. <laughs> and the, yeah, they include not just the older son, but older. Balder, fatter son. It was just a figure of speech. You've got to listen to me. Elementary chaos theory tells us that all robots will eventually turn against their masters and run amok in an orgy of blood and kicking and the biting with the metal teeth and the hurting and shoving. How much time do we have, Professor? Well, according to my calculations, the robots won't go berserk for at least 24 hours. Oh, I forgot to uh, carry the watch. Oh, good Frank. That's a good Frank moment. And uh, how are you a political prisoner? That scene in this ending is still better than the movie I Robot. Oh, for gosh sakes, what now? <laughs> that's our, that's our second Terminator reference, right? After Homer and yeah, Homer had I miss those Homer Terminator eyes so much. What a great gag, but they never brought back. Contradict your elders. My hair! You chopped off my hair! Oh God, I'm ugly. I always love that when they do that joke where Homer's just got that tiny little bit of stubble. Oh my god, the bird feeders in this episode. I need the biggest seed bell you have. <laughs> no, that's too big. Oh man, that line so much. Totally forgot. Hey, you're the guys who didn't like our capering. When you get to hell, tell them Itchy sent you. <laughs> Looks like we're doomed. Back, you robot! Nobody ruins my family vacation but me and maybe the boy. <laughs> so he's got wallet change, banana, full rips underpants. <laughs> I mean, that's just a Simpsons trait, because remember in the in the, uh, the season before, or well, season four in the front, when Grandpa takes off his own underpants while taking his pants off. That's true, yeah. It's a Simpsons thing. This would have been no problem in this day and age. One has a cell phone, they just flash me the. Yeah. Cool wit like that, I could be an action hero. I do actually kind of like this ending, like the, how they defeat the robots, because it kind of makes sense a little bit. Who would have thought that our visited? <laughs> Wonder if uh, Five Nights in Freddy the creator was ever inspired a little bit by this episode. Yeah, maybe. Gotta be. We almost got. Everyone's always inspired by The Simpsons in some way. But mom, it's exactly what you wanted in a vacation. It brought us together as a family. We got a lot of good exercise outdoors, and we have so many memories. You know, you're right. This truly was the best vacation ever. Now let us never speak of it again. As Roger Myers Jr., the owner of the park, I'd like to thank you for stopping the killer robots and to show my appreciation. Here are two free passes. <laughs> but there are five of us. Here are two free passes. That's <laughs> Man. This is happening here. I, I hate to think what's happening in your itchy and scratchy land. <laughs> oh, and good knock at your Disney. Scratchy land, open for business. <laughs> Who are you to resist it, huh? Come on, my last paycheck bounced. My children need wine. My children need. Oh, that's so good. I hope you realize now that violence on TV may be funny, but it's not so funny when that violence is happening to you. But it would be funny to someone who is watching us. 
No, Mom, he's right. Observe. Oh, oh I forgot about that. Yeah, it's Huck's a shoe. <laughs> oh, my. Lisa, go to your room. <laughs> I completely forgot that that's how the episode ended with Lisa throwing the shoe at Bart. I always in my mind pictured that it just ends after... The uh, guy at Euro Disney, like uh, Eurocross, itchy scratch and says, "My kids need Maybe wine." Maybe you should have ended it that. Would that have been a stronger ending? I think it would have. They just cut to yeah. Uh, maybe cut to black or cut to the credits with him just rambling and I don't even know if that was French. Um, I'm assuming it was nonsense. My kids but, need uh, my kids need wine. My kids need wine. Oh, that's such a good line. <laughs> Man, they Schwarzwelder first of all. Anytime John Schwarzwelder gets behind the, I don't know, pencil, pen, whatever he was using at the time to write an, uh, to write a script. It's just, the guy is just a genius. He's, he, he kills it with the misdirects. There are so many good misdirects and callbacks throughout the episode um, from stuff that happens earlier in the episode, like the board license plate. Everything about this episode works. The pacing is fantastic. There are so many jokes, so many psychics, so many things that have become meme. There's like four different meme templates that people use simpsons fans or non-simpsons fans on a routine basis all packed within this 22 minutes of hilarity like this this might be when people talk about the mount rushmore of simpsons episodes this has to be considered because it is that good it doesn't usually get in the top four but it, i i realistically think it should be and it's it's a 10 for me this like i can watch this over and over again craig you watch this episode not too long before we actually recorded it like did it still keep your attention do you still have that same oh. warm feeling yeah i was still i was still laughing at because i mean i've seen these episodes you know dozens of times and they still make me laugh everything in that episode was still great and it's never a case of like oh i'm getting old you know i'm getting over this or it's uh it's not as funny anymore it's still hilarious it's, it still works like and I, I've seen this episode, I don't know, I don't know how many times I've seen this episode. It's one of those ones where you, when you're watching uh, a, a repeat playthrough of the series, you know, you watch this episode. And there are still things was like, oh, I forgot Mole Man with the the seed bell was in this. And I forgot Grandpa's Same. helper was in this episode. Uh, even the little things that happen within the theme park, like the Ku Klux Klan, <laughs> it gets me every time. Like, it, there are so, so many things that uh and realistically there's a type of humor um where whatever your favorite type of humor is you're going to be pleased within this episode um yeah so i have to go 10 craig i'm assuming you're going the 10 oh yeah it's still a 10 for sure this is probably for me in the top 10 simpsons all time uh for sure and i mean there's like at least five episodes in this season that i put in the top 10 but i would give this a 10 out of 10 yeah, and we're gonna. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season now. And I'm Shane, I'm assuming you're going with a ten as well. Uh, actually, I'm giving a no. You're uh, not. A 10. Yeah, I know yeah, it. No, it's yeah, it's a ten. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. every episode. It's one of the. It's one of the best episodes in the entire series. Absolutely in my top ten as well. Yeah, I'm still playing through my head and putting it in like a mini bracket of the lines and the gags and stuff from this episode that that really. Um, Hard to pick a favorite gag, honestly. Yeah, I'm struggling, so that's why I'm going to put the the onus on you first, Shane. Shane, you lead us off. What's what's your favorite gag from the episode? Again, really hard to pick just one because there's just so many in this episode, and not just when they arrived at Chicken Scratchy Land. Before there's a mini a gag uh, yeah. before they even get there. You know, just great writing all around. Uh, I am looking at my Bort license plate on my wall right now, so I feel obligated to say that the Bort gag is my favorite of this episode. Uh, very funny, uh, very quotable. Everyone always quotes it. Um, I think about it often enough that I bought an actual physical license plate that says Bort. So, um, yeah. Nick, if you ever uh, have a little boy, you should definitely name him Bort. Yeah, or, you know, maybe another sims like uh, Chaz Waz's or something like that maybe might work its, work its way into uh, the name potential, but yeah, the, the fact that you bought and you were motivated to go and buy the plate, that kind of, you literally have physical proof that that is one of your favorite things about it's the episode, true. right? Yeah. Um, geez, I still, uh, Craig, I'm, I'm, you're going second because I can't, I still can't, I can't pick right now. I, I need a little bit more time. 
that's the thing with this episode is that there's some gags that are so famous like the board license plate and, and other things like that and then it has a bunch of gags that are just real quick under the radar which would be hilarious in any other episode as well i mean them driving to the restaurant all the signs and then homer just saying no and they just drive past the <laughs> restaurant the fact when they take the face off the robots and it screams that little silent scream it, it's great but for me the best gag is one that they didn't even have to put in it still would have been funny without it was when they cut away to the bird sanctuary and the birds are terrorizing everybody and hans Moleman is there and asking for a seed bell and then just the cherry on top is oh that's too big no it has to be smaller than that <laughs> Oh, man, that's in consideration for mine, too, because it is a fantastic uh, cutaway that, like, again, they didn't have to put that in there, but it, it you know what, so Nick? well. I think that you're struggling between, I, I think you want to choose the grandpa line, but you feel obligated to choose something that when they're at Itchy and Scratchy Land. You know me way too well. You know yeah. my. Because you, you, know you my, love you some uh, some some grandpa lines. For sure. I love my nonsense grand. Like you guys are right. There's so many things that happen even before they get to like the 45 seconds of time, the that we see them bef in their lead up to whatever it is. 45 seconds a minute. Well, they're on their way to the park. You have the grandpa line, and you have the flickies and uh, the, the the stopping at the motel and stuff like that. There's so much. The grandpa line. Shane, man, you you know that I love the grandpa nonsense. You know how much it it, it is near and dear to my heart, um, and I say that a lot. Like somebody will ask me a question, I say, "Wait a minute, uh, grandpa's love for what's that?" And the and then to top it all off, the you know which one of you is the mailman? Oh, that's some good grandpa nonsense. It really is. But I don't think uh, it's my favorite. I think as I got older, my favorite thing might be Ku Klux Klam because I'm, I remember, I, I, you know, I didn't understand what the hell that was when I was a kid, but to watch that and to see Bart just listening them off, and there's, a, there's a Ku, Ku Klux Klam. Like that's, there's so many things like, how did that make it through? Like, what is the backstory here? What is going on? Um, but honestly, if I have to pick, uh, you're right, Shane, I can't go against my boy. I can't go against grandpa. It's it's I still say it. The other thing that I was I was battling up against was um or happened to be the uh the itchy lot. I say we're remember we're in the itchy lot. Say that one a lot. The searing gas pain land and the overall mm -hmm. images on the map. I say that one a lot. Um man, this is just a fantastic episode. I'm gonna have to go with the grandpa line. That's fair. That's go a good it's a good line. It's like early, but you don't have to feel bad about it. It's still really funny. I, I do feel, is it weird that I feel a little bit guilty about that? Because it is earlier and Grandpa, that's literally the only appearance he makes in the episode. Which is one of you is the mailman? And yeah. the, the, the pan over to the pets as they stare each other in the eye, knowing that they're going to have to they're feed trouble. themselves somehow. Yeah, yeah something, something's going on. Oh, there's just so much good stuff to choose from. Um, oh, I feel so happy that we just watched this episode. And I feel, I'm happy, Craig, that you were able to join us for this one. Oh, I was, um, I was more than happy to. It be, it's, it's always great to, we always have... Even more fun when we have somebody who loves the show just as much as us on uh, as well. And uh, you've got some great stuff uh, coming up in the near future after the release of this. So once again, for those who, who love history or just want to hear some great storytelling in general, where can they uh, listen to or read Canadian History X? Uh, well, they can find Canadian History X, all the transcripts of my episodes on CanadaEHX.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at Craig Baird at, at Twitter, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And you can also find me on every other social media site at CDN History EHX. And then the podcast is Canadian History X, and that's EHX. Can you give a, just a little bit of a teaser of things coming up? Uh, well, teaser coming up for the next episode will be on Sir Sanford Fleming, and then I'll be talking about Gertrude Guerin, and then I'll be talking about the Selkirk settlers, and then a landslide that happened in Quebec in the late 19th century. So should be a really good slate of episodes uh, throughout March. Yeah, like I said, right at the top, go listen. If Even if you just want a just a story, people are always yeah. saying, hey, you know, what's a podcast where I can just dig into because there's a good back 500 episodes, episodes right? Yeah. Yeah. There is definitely yeah, something for you. Or so. yeah. There will be. Um, you also have a very uh, pleasing 
uh, narration, Craig, I must say. Like, you oh. <laughs> got one of those voices, man, where, like, I can put on an episode while I'm working and be like, this is just pleasing. This makes me happy. I'm getting a good story, and this is just a great read. Love listening to I your episodes, man. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. And you know what I love, too, is when uh, Shane does plug time. Shane, take it away. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, Simpsons underscore EBE. That's the best way to get in contact with us and, you know, interact with us. Best way for us to interact with you fans, as well as know when new episodes drop. Uh, then also in the description is uh, a link for Crave Donuts, our sponsor. Delicious donuts. Absolutely. I am craving one, no pun intended, right now. I have not had dinner yet, and I could definitely go for a donut. Uh, if you're in the GTA area, definitely check them out. Fantastic. Uh, Nick, you said that they actually are playing The Simpsons at one of their locations now, right? Yeah, the Oshawa location. They have The Simpsons on a constant loop now on their TV. That is a good move. I'm going to go check that out soon, I think. Uh, and then also, if you feel like donating to our show, it uh, you can do that by clicking the link called Buy Me a Coffee. You can donate whatever money you'd like to the show. And uh, yeah, beyond that, thanks for listening. Yeah. And so each and every week, Craig, I, I challenge Shane to come up with something to play us out, whatever I'm, I'm feeling. Last week, Shane did a fantastic job. It was the clip of Ryan Stiles in the episode of Who's Line where he's doing his impression of Carol Channing and accidentally puts his head through part of the desk where Drew Carey sits. One of the great moments of that series. <laughs> um, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Craig. Whatever is in your heart's desire of audio it could be from a movie, a TV show. You could make Shane do a line. You could make him read. I used to make him read. Uh, his own neat little poetry, and it was pretty neat. He did a great job of it. What would you like Shane to end this episode with? I would like him to do the theme to Jurassic Park. To, to oh, would you like him to to like hum it himself? Like hum it, yes. Ah, uh, that is fantastic. Um, especially with Shane's beautiful, beautiful uh, monotone yes. voice. This mm. is going to be fantastic, and I am looking forward to hearing the finished product. Uh, what Shane comes up with. Craig, thank you again very much for joining us. Thank Seriously, you. go listen to Canadian History X. You won't be disappointed because literally there's something that you're going to find uh, interesting and then you're going to get hooked and you're going to listen to the entire series and be very pleased. So give that a listen to. And Shane, we are going to get to listen to your beautiful, beautiful humming slash singing voice. Take it away. Here is future Shane uh, recording the Jurassic Park theme song. We'll catch you next week. Barbie shop is in danger of growing stale. I'm taking it to strange new places. Dun dun all right that was one take you could probably tell it was one here's the real thing <laughs>